This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, and welcome to WWD Voices. My name is Arthur Zakowitz, executive editor of WWD. And today we have a very special guest host from LIM College, Nancy Miller. Nancy, welcome. And uh, for, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, and then I'll let you take the reins of this uh, of today's episode. Thank you so much, Arthur. Uh, It's nice to be here today. Uh, I'm the Dean of Undergraduate Studies at LIM College, as well as the Chair of the Fashion Merchandising and Marketing Department. I've been with the college for over 18 years after working in the industry in the areas of textiles and product development. And I'm especially proud that the college has sustainability coursework, a minor, and really helps to educate our students about sustainability. So setting sustainability goals and implementing sustainable practices is a top priority for fashion apparel and the retail industry, especially with escalating consumer demand for more sustainability in fashion. But how is fashion positioned for sustainability talent? What is the talent pipeline with so much demand within fashion to take on sustainability challenges both today and tomorrow? Where will the sustainability experts come from? Well, today, we're going to answer some of these questions. I would now like to introduce our guests and first begin with our two expert LIM College adjunct faculty members that are with us. Please welcome first Tara Maurice and Andrea Reyes. I'll give you a little bit of an introduction. Tara is an adjunct professor at LIM College teaching sustainability and the future of fashion. She has had a long design career with Coach, advancing sustainable design strategies and circular business models. In 2021, she conceived and launched what is now Coach Reloved, the first circular business model within the brand. Currently, she is the lead for circularity, research and development for Coachtopia, a new circular sub-brand of Coach. Tara, want to say hello? Well, thank you, Nancy. And um, thank you, Arthur. I'm really excited to be having this conversation. And I think we cannot overstate how um, radical a change is required in the industry. And education is really the is, is primary in that. So I'm excited to be having this conversation with everyone today. Thank you, Tara. Andrea. Now, Andrea is an adjunct professor at LIM College, teaching sustainability in both graduate and undergraduate levels and is the advisor to the College's Sustainability Club. She is a published author and the chairwoman of the New York City Fair Trade Coalition, a network of small ethical business owners and advocates. Andrea also runs the Sustainable Fashion Community Center 
and is the founder of A. Bernadette, a sustainable fashion mentorship firm. Andrea, want to say hello? Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really looking forward to have this conversation and so nice to have faculty and students and experts. So can't wait to dig in. Great, great. Now I'd like to also introduce Julie Verdugo. After successfully creating and leading the sustainability and social impact department at Free People and Free People Movement, Julie oversees ESG for Urban Outfitters. Her title is Head of Sustainability and Social Impact. She's responsible for developing strategy, identifying impact opportunities, and design and execution of plans in sustainability and social impact that align to the company's core values and business goals. Julie has worked closely with LIM student teams on sustainability projects and therefore can offer a unique perspective. Julie? Thank you so much, Nancy and everyone. Really glad to be part of the conversation today and really feeling gratitude to having the opportunity to work so closely with the students over the last few years and excited to get into it. Yes, it's been wonderful. Now I'd like to introduce our students. We have Jane Biederman and Fatima Darsa. Uh, Jane and Fatima, would you each introduce yourselves? And uh, Jane, we'll begin with you. Hi, thanks for having me here today. I'm really excited to talk to you all. Um, my name is Jane. I'm studying fashion merchandising with a concentration in sustainability at LIM. Um, it's my third year here. And yeah, thank you. Great. Fatima? Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here this afternoon. I think it's really cool being here after coming out of New York Fashion Week and jumping straight into New York Climate Week. Um, I'm originally from South Africa and traveled halfway across the world to pursue my dream and study fashion at LIM College. I just recently got my master's degree at LIM in fashion merchandising and retail management, and I'm currently completing my buying internship with the fashion conscious brand Sandro. I'm really excited to be here and interested in the conversation that we're going to be having here today. Thanks. Thank you. Well, now that we have met this very impressive panel, let's dig into the topic. I'd like to start by asking our two adjunct faculty members from LIM, Tara and Andrea, to talk about what the college is doing to prepare future sustainability leaders and what students interested in pursuing careers in sustainability within fashion should consider as they further their education and embark on careers. And I believe Tara will, be, will begin with you. Thank you, Nancy. Um, you know, we have uh, all of the adjunct prof professors that teach in this pathway, we call ourselves the sustainability sisters. And I think that, you know, I think we really think of ourselves as a as a team in the sense that this is such a broad topic. Um, Andrea's expertise is in fair trade, which is certainly not my expertise. Where I spend my time is really in um, teaching students kind of the radical mind shift that has to happen for us to think about these things. And so um, I would say that one of, you know, to answer the initial question, what's required, we have to really spread, um, spread this conversation throughout our practices. It is, um, it's really going to be required in every aspect of the industry, whether you're a designer, a production person, in marketing and merchandising, wherever you are, you're going to have to really shift the way that we think. Um, and so I think that's probably one of the first things that I would say is that sustainability is underrepresented, uh, under, 
underrepresented on college campuses, not just fashion campuses. And we have to start seeing this as a primary learning across disciplines um, because there's so many pathways in and so many levers that, that sort of need pulling. Andrea, what are your thoughts? It's really interesting to see the evolution that LIM has undertaken when it comes to our education towards learning about sustainability, Uh, first starting as an elective, and now it's a mandatory course. And it's especially interesting this semester, students are coming in, and they already have a, a pretty basic if not more advanced understanding of sustainability than I had seen in previous uh, cohorts of students. And that's really, really encouraging uh, to be able to jump in and go forward. Um, we our, our first lesson is usually you can't be sustainable. You can only be more sustainable. And those words matter because it's a constant moving target. And this week, we're actually teaching about the history of sustainability. And I love that it builds upon other movements. So it incorporates the civil rights movement, the environmental movement, and the history that that uh, had ushered in, as well as the feminist movement. So to teach them that they need to learn learn the history in order to see that there's a lot of work ahead, but we've certainly progressed in a lot of different ways. Um, And to just give that time frame that the work that they're going to have to dig in may be their life work, right? It may not be something that they see tangible results uh, within a year or within two years. But I see that hunger right now where they say, we need movement right now. So it's really nice to always have a new crop of students with that added energy. It's really interesting, Andrea, when you mention how students are coming to the classes today with some knowledge. And over the years, we've seen that more and more. Interestingly enough, uh, we learned at the college that some of our young alumni, actually, uh, someone who graduated in 2020, Fletcher Cassell and Tanner Ritchie from the class of 2022, are already in business, already have a sustainable brand. So how the, the topic in educating for sustainability is evolving, and it really is launching students' careers. So the work that you both do in the classroom is so valuable. And I know also from the graduate level, which I'm sure Fatima will will bring in shortly, really is helping advance the importance of the topic and how careers are shaped by what they learn in the classroom. So uh, it's really remarkable that we are seeing that today. Uh, Thank you, Tara and Andrea, um, for for these great insights. Um, Let's turn to Julie. And Julie will talk a little bit about the coursework at LIM and how has it had an impact with your company and how it helps prepare students for careers. Julie, would you like to weigh in on that? Definitely. I mean, I've had the chance to collaborate with the students in the classroom since 2020. And by no coincidence, that was right around the same time that at Urban Inc., we started to formalize our goal setting and um, mission in driving sustainable strategy and social impact to Andrea's point, extremely intersectionally as well. But we were navigating from not from zero, let's say we had some in our roots, but from a formalized perspective, we had so much work to do in so many different areas. As Tara mentioned, sustainability is so all-encompassing. So we were sort of like, where can we start? My team was really small. 
I was part of the fashion advisory board, still am, and um, I had the opportunity through that to be introduced to the classroom opportunities. And I took it. Absolutely. It was really out of need and curiosity because my team is small. I need this for my organization. And we jumped right into it. I mean, the class work that we've done together with the students is class is work that I do with my team. And um, we did everything. One of the semesters was uh, we formed these green teams where the students truly were working as if they were consultants on the sustainability team or even in-house. And the project that we gave them was, okay, how do we start to map the carbon impact of, of a single item? And that was something that we hadn't even done formally ourselves within the organization. So we thought this was a great way to dip our toes into something that was a little bit out of our comfort zone, something that wasn't even technically within our wheelhouse. And to see what the students were able to bring to the table through the course, Applied Sustainable Practices, I was blown away. We took the semester to figure out how we could go from seed to shelf. Everything in between, the students delivered recommendations on swapping out suppliers to more responsible ones, um, reducing transportation carbon created, everything to packaging, hang tags, swift tags, all the details, and even to marketing at the end. So it was a big eye-opening experience. Now we formalized our path in our science-based target setting, but this was really one of the first steps for us. So the classroom collaboration with the students really helped us sort of co-define our strategy at the time. So it was extremely, extremely win-win. And the types of projects that we were putting forth to the students are projects that I want to see when I'm hiring somebody in-house on the corporate side. And I mean, I think like what's already been brought up today is that there isn't enough um, general knowledge in the academic system and and really structured coursework in this area. So to make it not even just available, but not just theoretical, this applied and this literal and getting your hands dirty within a case study that is live um, is invaluable. And, and really that's led to greater collaborations, more mentorship, additional classroom work, and we've even hired students out of the program. I've been fortunate, Julie, to, to, to sit in on the presentations uh, over the years with you, and it truly is remarkable to see how the green teams formed and from beginning, middle to end, what they accomplished, which, which has been great. You know, experiential education, as you mentioned, is a hallmark of an LIM education. I want to jump back to Tara and Andrea for a moment. How do you see the balance between educating for sustainability and the value of some of the industry projects that Julie mentioned? Tara, mm. thoughts on that? A lot of thoughts on that. Um, you know, I, I want to I wanna say that, that tacking on to Andrea, you know, this is really, you know, what we're teaching students is a way of thinking. And really that, that if this inspires you, if this touches you, this may be your life's work. Like you may spend your lifetime working on this. And so I think the role as an educator, and it's, it's the role I play, corporately in a different sense, but really is to inspire, to move, to shift people from fear, apprehension, denial, or just, you know, something being too big or too scary um, to deal with into really inspiring people and, and activating their power, the powers that they will have as future you know, professionals to, um, you know, to enact change. We all have that power. And so it's our job really, first, our primary job, I think, is to, to inspire. 
then once you get past the inspiration part, like this is tough. This is really hard. We're having like really complicated conversations about complicated supply chains and how stuff is made and then dealing with a customer and desire and we just want things and we've got to make, you know, like all of these topics, the projects that we do, I think, with brands or um, outside companies are vital because it makes it real, it makes it tangible, and you can have a real world conversation. You're never going to get to sort of the conversation about the poly bag, the box, the packaging, the swift tack, the like, where did your cotton come from? Is there a better way to do it? You can't get there in the classroom when you're just sort of academically having these conversations. So the minute that we can bring in real world examples, I think we just, we really see the conversations leapfrog. I know, I know I do, um, especially in class, it just becomes a tangible example. And so I, I think it's vital, especially in this topic, I think, to constantly be toggling back and forth between sort of the academic and the real world experience. Right. Andrea, what are your uh, experiences that you might like to share? What's interesting when students ask me what skills they need to go into the work world equipped to handle uh, combating these problems I often say tenacity and integrity and bravery. And those are skills that, you know, are challenging to hold on to, if not develop in the corporate environment, right? You go into the corporate world and it's very easy to get absorbed by that culture, whatever that culture may be. And I hear them when they're frustrated, when they're working for companies that sustainability is not even a topic at hand. So in the classroom, I really try to get them to not only learn about companies and which ones they want to potentially work for, but use it as an opportunity to network with them right now. So if you have a project on sustainability, uh, reach out to that company. Reach out to the company through LinkedIn and see if you can get in touch with their CSR person. See, you know, what roles are available. Ask them for an interview. Uh, You know, chances are people who are as passionate about this as we are are passionate also about teaching and educating others. So I really see this as an opportunity for them to network. And then when they are ready to go out for those first jobs, they know what companies that they want to go to, that they all feel supported uh, in discussing their ethics and values. And I'm so humbled to be able to talk about my ethics and values all day in classes and in the work world. Um, Because so often, you know, the, the traditional work environment, that's not a water cooler conversation, right? You often just have to put your head down and do the job at hand. But I think we have to understand that the future of sustainability experts, if not the present, they're disruptors, right? And that's going to be a really tough role to fill because you have to go into an environment and say, hey, everyone, I may make your life harder, right? I may disrupt your daily workflow, um, but you really need buy-in from top management to give you that permission to play that role. So we want to set our students up for failure or success and not have them go into the work world, you know, thinking that every company is taking this as top priority. Um, It's really advantageous for them to do their research um, and to see, you know, which companies are going to be a bigger challenge that maybe they want to take on and, and be there and plant that seed and do the work. Or maybe they want to be in an environment where there's already a significant footprint and they can really continue their education um, in the work environment. So speaking of students, which you, you say so so clearly, let's go to the students. Uh, I have a question for two questions. So 
Can you each talk briefly about how you envision your future in fashion with respect to sustainability and how your education and involvement at LIM is factoring into your future? We'll begin with you, Jane. Go ahead. Hi, yeah. Um, so this like hands-on learning experience that we've all been talking about is really something I felt so lucky to have with LIM, especially right now, as I have the privilege to study abroad this semester and travel and learn from so many different like international students from all over the world, from so many different like educational backgrounds. It's made me just feel so lucky and honestly miss LIM a lot. <laughs> the hands-on experience I've already had at LIM, only having been there for two years, only like halfway done with my program. Um, it just made me feel so lucky that it's like a built-in part of like the education we receive. Um, so in the past, I've had the privilege to work and intern for a company that really values sustainability and ethics, and they try and put it at like the forefront um, of their business. Um, and in the future, I really hope to just learn more and get more and more hands-on experience as much as I can, especially regarding the science behind textiles and everything regarding that. That's great. And we miss you too, Jane. <laughs> but you'll be back in a couple of months. Fatima, what, do you, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, so for me, I have a finance and consulting background. And coming into fashion, I didn't think that I wanted to necessarily be involved in sustainability initially, even though it was such an important topic. But through LIM, I did a masterclass with material exchange in sustainability. I volunteered and was part of the masterclass. And I really, really got so involved that coming into my second semester, um, I took a course with Prof. Andrea in sustainable fashion. And that's where like my love and commitment to sustainability really bloomed and blossomed and really made me want to get into a company that values sustainability, but also really become a champion for that in whatever role I get to. Um, so, and I really also think that in terms of LIM, there's so many different lenses um, that you learn from, whether it be marketing and buying and, you know, all of those kinds of things factor into my current role as well. And just bringing on that lens of sustainability really, really, really helps um, to understand the industry better. And I think um, that's kind of very important. Again, the experiential learning was amazing. We played around with the Higgs index quite a bit, understanding, you know, how materials um, are sourced and made. And also we did a really cool project where we came up with a company that in some ways solves a sustainability issue. And I think those kinds of projects are so important and really, really get you involved. Um, when I see myself in the future in terms of sustainability. I really want to be at the forefront and an advocate and a strategist for, I think, an already existing company. I think instead of starting up a new company, why not fix something that's already not working out and fix a brand that is maybe not so involved in sustainability to help them get to that point, you know, trying to um, help with sustainable sourcing and promoting ethical working conditions and really, really getting involved with something like that would be really great for me and my career as I see myself progressing with sustainability. Well, Fatima, you actually answered my second question, uh, and uh, which was, what are some of the problems that you would like to have a hand in? And it's remarkable what you're involved with currently. And it's also great uh, that your educators here inspired you uh, to pursue a career in sustainability. So, Jane, I want to ask you the question, what would you say keeps you up at night as you consider sustainability and fashion? What problems would you like to help solve for a company? Where do you, where do you see that going in the future for you? 
Yeah, so one topic that I had the privilege of talking with um, Professor Maurice a lot this past semester was the idea of newness. And I think especially like right now with New York Fashion Week wrapping up and everything, like the excitement around like newness and like knowing what's next and like what's coming up and kind of like being like the first to like experience that is something that like I really enjoy about fashion. I know like a lot of other people do as well. So I think like just something that keeps me up at night, I guess, is like the idea of like, how can we keep creating this newness without harming the environment and creating so much unnecessary waste? And I think kind of like the creative ideas like behind that, whether it's physical um, or like digital or anything like that. That's great. That's great. So um, what would you say? Oh, Fatima, please go ahead. Sorry, I know you asked me the question earlier, but I wanted to just add on to um, the question that you asked about, like what keeps me up at night and what I'd really like to solve for. And it's something that I've been thinking about, reading a lot about like alternative materials coming in, you know, like mushroom leathers and vegan leathers and that kind of stuff. But something that I've also been thinking about recently is not just looking at alternate materials in terms of reducing like a garment's carbon footprint, but also looking at the production methods that go into that. Because I was reading an article that spoke about how like actually 70% of emissions can sometimes come from not just the materials that you're using, but also the way those materials are processed and those materials are produced. So I think that's something that like I've been thinking about a lot recently and some coming up with like little tangible ways that are easier to get to than just overhauling an entire material would be something that I think would be very interesting to get into. And I think that could be like a quicker solve um, and something that could maybe, you know, solve the issue that's happening currently in the industry. Right. I think the, I think Fatima, the tangible ways are really important. Tara, what would you like to say? I just have to tack onto that. I'm, I'm just bursting inside because I think about Andrea's comment about how we've seen the students, the, you know, the kind of the baseline conversation that we, when we first meet the students has increased and, and has elevated so much in the last four years that I've been teaching. The first class I taught, I had students asking me if it was a trend class because sustainability was a trend, right? The nuance in what both Jane and Fatima are discussing here is a very nuanced conversation. The realization that materials, that there's like no magic materials in the world, that like these magic materials don't solve all your problems is something that actually the industry is still struggling to get to that point. And so, you know, we're able to have these very nuanced conversations with students and it just, it like, it absolutely, it, it just, it kills me. It blows my mind that, that that's what's happening um, in such a short amount of time, four years for this to be sort of like the level of conversation is amazing. Sorry. I hope I didn't take too much time with that, but. <laughs> Julie. Yeah, and to add on to that, from the industry perspective, that nuance that Tara is talking about and that Fatima and Jane are bringing to the table is something that we don't even often see within the industry. And this is what gets me so excited about the future of sustainability is that seniority and years working within the industry doesn't mean too much in terms of progress and sustainability. And really, from an industry perspective, opening up our ears to what's coming from students, Gen Z, academia, those who are frustrated and optimistic at the same time, that is how we can drive change. It's about bringing those voices into industry to drive it. Because like I said, a lot of experience doesn't even mean that that will drive an impact. 
Exactly, exactly. So as we wind down, is there any, for our listeners, any final advice that you would like to share for anyone that wants a role in fashion in the sustainability realm? Andrea. So once upon a time, I used to advise my students when they were in an interview and the opportunity came up for them to ask a question, uh, to always ask, what sustainable initiatives do you have in your business, right? What is your climate action plan? Um, And that was to, you know, first see if they had an answer. Uh, Hopefully, if that interviewer didn't have an answer for the student, the next one, they would, you know, come up with some sort of answer, but to plant that seed. But now I'm advising students to take it a step further, right? And to say, what toolkit do you have for your designers, for your product developers, for your sourcing agents, when it comes to being more sustainable in your business, right? Now it's the time to to push them even further. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, you can't be sustainable. You can only be more sustainable and it's a moving target. And if those of us who are in the sustainable fashion movement, as I like to call it, aren't constantly pushing forward, then that is when people end up you know, greenwashing, for instance, and just simply saying all the things that they're doing well. And we really want to promote transparency and accountability as people need to not just say what they're doing well, but what they could also be doing better. So we need to create those spaces for that conversation. Uh, so no people feel as though, all right, we're done. We've done enough, right? It's a constant moving target. Great advice. Great advice. Well, I'd like to thank Women's Wear Daily for this wonderful conversation and our panelists and our students. Arthur, I'd like to turn it over to you. That that was absolutely amazing. I love the the words that came up. Um, Inspiration, activating people's power, uh, bravery, tenacity, and passion. Really well done. And uh, I think this is going to be a good one. We should reconvene at another time and do this again. I think we could go on for another hour, I believe. So Nancy and team, thank you so much. Uh, LIM College, thank you. And thank you listeners for tuning in. See you next time.